Howdy, podcast people. Welcome back to Add It to the List, a show about three friends discussing the ever-expanding entertainment landscape as they try to answer the question, what should we be watching? My name is Graham. I am one of those friends, and I am joined, as always, by Alonzo Ramont and Zach Schultz. How's it going, fellas? Hi. Hi. Hello. Episode I was trying three. to think of a catchphrase, but it didn't work. That's okay. Hey, we're only on episode three, like I just said, so you got plenty of time to to figure that out. You can try. You can try one every episode. Bada bing! There we go. There we go. So, uh, so this, uh, you know, episode three. Hopefully, everyone gets the uh, the format by now to show where we talk about what we're watching, talk about the things we're looking forward to, uh, and each week we have one. A movie or TV show that we break down, have a discussion about, and decide if we would recommend if you should add it to your list if you haven't already. Uh, but let's go ahead and just jump into what's been going on uh, in the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, there's a story that is a few weeks old. Uh, I heard about it a few weeks ago, but it's something that's really near and dear to me as uh, a nerd and Harry Potter fan. I'm going to go ahead and pull up uh, this article here on Deadline, uh, reading by Tom Tapp. Uh, there is a Harry Potter show in the works that should be coming um, not very soon. It's I think it's still in like the pre-production stage, but they are turning Harry Potter into a TV show on Max, uh, formerly HBO Max. Um, yeah, every season is every season is going to break down a book so there's going to be what is it seven seasons of the show um i guess they're looking for another you know epic sort of cultural capturing game of thrones style tv show but i could not be more excited about this i am a huge harry potter fan uh i I like the movies. They're good, but I really love the books. And what excites me so much about this is the possibility of including so much that was left out of the movies. Um, before I go any further, uh, what do you all think about this news? Well, Graham, I don't, don't hate me here. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's entirely necessary. <laughs> that's my, that's my hot take. That's my, that's my, that's, that's, because you know, I figured you feel that way. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I've never, you know, it's it's. I've I've read the first two books, and I, I they were very enjoyable books to read. But I'd say the worst in the series. Uh, what? They only get better. That's my point. <laughs> but uh, you know, we have other book series. We have other things. Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Where's the series on that? That'd be really weird. But, you know, that, that's, that's my take. It's like, we do have an adaptation. The adaptations, like you said, were not, I would say, bad. I do the details of like Hogwarts and Hogwarts Living would be a cool thing. But you know that the internet would ex is going to explode over this series. They, they, you know, people got really upset over just Hogwarts legacy existing. Just due to J.K. Rowling's, you know. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Problematic I think, nature. I think, well, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are 
that are upset as there were with Hogwarts Legacy. But I will point out that game, despite, um, you know, some vocal, uh, highly vocal people on the internet sold incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's still selling very well. Yeah. And and that, but also that game didn't have J.K. Rowling um, featured. Here she is going to be an executive producer. So she is going to be right uh, right there with the making like she was with uh the books or, i'm sorry with the movies um alonzo what do you what are you thinking about this i have no strong opinion i have seen the first 20 minutes of the first harry potter movie wow uh twice uh. i've seen the first 20 minutes of the first harry potter movie uh both what is what is scaring you at the 20 minute mark it gets too scary you have to turn it off no 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 i've fallen asleep uh both times oh my gosh dude so uh, because this past year i said i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna watch harry potter and i'm not against it it's just i happen to turn it on at night you know before i go to bed and then i fall asleep so maybe i'll give it a shot is the tv show the same story so it's going to follow Harry, like from birth through him going to the school and all that. Yeah, yeah. So what I've read uh, and from this article and other places is that each, uh, I believe it was in this article here. Anyways, each season, yeah, it's going to be w- one of the books. So season one, um, uh, sor- uh, Philosopher's Stone, sor- Sorcerer's Stone, season two, Chamber of Secrets, uh, and so on. Yeah, so it's going to be way more in depth. I don't know how many episodes if that has been released. I, I would bet like eight, eight or ten if it's HBO. Yeah, maybe sort of like The Last of Us. Um, but even with that, with with each episode, you know, being maybe an hour, that's eight hours versus what? How long the first movie was? At most, probably two, maybe two and a half. Oh, so, a lot. Of, some of them I know go over two hours sure and and in the last book you know you have it it broke it down into two movies but they there is just such a rich world in those books that was not able to be explored i mean i'd say maybe they hit 30 percent of the of each book uh with each movie maybe less with others um some characters uh, got uh, erased entirely. Ron actually had an extra brother that isn't even in the movies. Um, he, dragon, right? Uh, yeah, that's well. I don't know if I think that's right. He had two brothers that didn't go to the school that already graduated. I think they sort of combined them in the movies into like one, uh, played by Domhnall Gleeson, I believe. Oh my gosh! I just really wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's supposed to be two. Um, but yeah, I, well, I'll, I'll say that I am super excited as someone who is still a huge Harry Potter fan. I think there is such a potential here. Um, and, and Zach, what you were saying, you know, why not these other series? Why not the, you know, whatever of Nicholas Flamel? What's it, what's it called? How dare you, whatever that. <laughs> All these series, whatever that that nonsense you just said was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel. Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. That'd be amazing. Well, uh, that already was a movie. Harry Potter was already 
eight movies. Okay, <laughs> but I just want to say that once uh, Nicholas Flamel or Peregrine's Home for the Kids uh, sells, becomes one of the highest uh, book series of all time. I don't know the exact stats, but some of the best-selling uh, media books of all time, then then maybe we'll get a movie and a show. Like there's clearly an appetite to dive more into this world with the game selling incredibly here's my, well. Here's my thing. I'd be more excited, I think, for this series if it wasn't the same story. If it if they just kept like they did with Hogwarts Legacy, where mm-hmm. it's the world of Harry Potter, but it's not the same story that people have. You've how many times have you read the books? Uh, just just once. I'm actually I'm thinking when the show comes out for each season, I'll probably reread that specific book. I have a friend who's like reread them a bunch and you know mm-hmm. seen the movies a bunch and like it's the story you you are familiar with. Everyone, a lot, most people in America are probably familiar with like who dies, when they die, who kills them, you know, all of that, that stuff. The entire story. Yeah, well, maybe Alonso's, not the very end stuff, except for Alonso. Alonso's yeah, Alonso, no. Well, maybe, maybe this will be That's the true. thing that finally draws him in because, again, I the movies are good, but especially early on, like the first two movies, they feel like you know, I don't really want to watch it unless I'm at like my family gathering at Christmas. Like it just feels like a nice sort of fun thing. And that's sort of how the first few books are, but there's just a depth to them that they, they really start to pick up on later in the movies. Um, and I'd say that the, it, that sort of tracks with the books too. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe it could, it could bring in new people. And I think the reason maybe they're worried about um, exploring other stories is the reception to fantastic beasts. Um, yeah. Was just not very good. And I don't, I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen those movies. I started the first one um, like a few months ago and only got a few minutes in. Didn't and she write them? Didn't JK Rowling write the first one at least? That's a good question. I'll have to look it up because I'm not really sure. Um, I, I don't know if she wrote them fully or she was just sort of uh, there. Um, but clearly um, something sort of went wrong with um, with those movies because the reception and the re- and the critical reception was really not there. Yeah. It, um, but yeah, see, but I, I, you know, I'm a, I really, I, I bolster original stuff and the idea of like them redoing the entire series. That's my only thing. I do think it's a good idea to get the details of the story. I think the real like, Oh yeah, she did write it. Yeah, screenplay, along with a guy named Steve Cloves. But um, what? I didn't say anything. You say something? Oh um, but uh, I think one of the best parts of that book is those like little details about like, is it Filch? Filch is his name. Yeah the the um. The, the the gender guy. Well, uh, this is all very riveting. Um, so we'll see if I check out the check out the TV show or not. Uh, I'm not sure just yet. Yeah. Uh, well, it w- and you'll have a lot of time to think about it. It's just been announced. Uh, we still have a long way to go, um, but you can be rest assured that I will be giving you plenty of updates as a 
a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, yeah, I can't wait to for them to explore this world further. Um, and an interesting thing that was released uh, soon after that was uh, that it was announced that Twilight is also going to be uh, getting that same treatment uh, movie to, well, book to movie and now um, TV show. But I don't think it's been announced yet whether or not uh, it will be following the books. Like it will have that same story as the movies or if it's going to be an entirely new story in that world. Um, I'll go ahead and say I'm not a Twilight guy, but I'm pretty sure from what I'm, what I'm aware of, there haven't really been other stories told in that world. So that could be an interesting way to explore that world further uh, in a way that sort of Harry Potter has gotten through the other movies and uh, the video game and things like that. So yeah, I don't know. Alondo, have you seen Twilight? I haven't even seen, I've seen bits of them, but I haven't read them. Not really familiar. I've seen the first Twilight. Um, I fell asleep uh, somewhere toward the end of it, or maybe on the second one. I think there was like a Twilight marathon that I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. So I've not made it through uh, Twilight uh, as a series, but many of the women in my family have. They all love Twilight. Even at the time, I remember thinking, aren't y'all a little old for Twilight? Like we were late, we were early 20s when Twilight, you know, was a thing. So, um, but they loved it. They read the books and all of that. I have a friend older than me, a mutual, who we both know, uh, who is obsessed. She's a teacher, was a teacher, obsessed with Twilight. You know, uh, one of the smartest women I know, but loves the Twilight series. So like, I don't know what it is about that, that that series um so i think there will be a lot a lot of interest um for a um episodic tv show yeah absolutely i feel like there's just sort of a cultural uh interest right now in these like romantic monster stories i don't know if that's just sort of the the people in the world i'm surrounded by um my girlfriend she absolutely loves the twilight movies she hasn't read the books but she anything that has romance and monsters she's totally there um it just looks to, just to show you i'm not too uh by the book quote unquote girly there will be monsters so just that <laughs> sounds like a quote was that a quote no that was me that was me speaking <laughs> yeah as, so you're reading from something no that was me speaking as these women like like your girlfriend uh, oh yeah you know. I think monster romance has been hot for a long time. Well, and people love those those steamy books, you know. Yeah, so. like think it warm bodies, quality picture. Yeah, zombie romance. Yeah, she, um, uh, my girlfriend really loves the uh, Akatar series, which is another sort of um, romantic uh, fantasy series that I she got me to read, and they're actually really good books, uh, and. They're turning them into a show. I think Hulu has the rights for that. Very nice. Um, that book series has totally blown up and it's still being written. It's not finished. Um, so that, you know, that's just another uh, tick in the monster romance category. Um, yeah. So I maybe 
I, I'm sure I will be checking out uh, the Twilight show when it comes out, but most definitely we'll be watching the Harry Potter show. Um, I had to drag you all kicking and screaming <laughs> into it. Uh, over the last, I think, like two months, or not two months, over the last like six months, I've watched all all of both of those series of movies. I will say one series is significantly better than the other one, but... Wait, Harry Potter and Twilight? Yeah. Oh, okay. Watch the series of movies. And Twilight, I was about to say Twilight has it over Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I, I would say Harry Potter has it over Twilight in terms of like picture quality. But uh, mm-hmm. I really like... Um, the idea of more twilight i don't know i think it's kind of a funny idea and a fun idea yeah well i think it will i'm sure it will do incredibly incredibly well um but yeah i talking about quality i again i haven't seen the twilight movies all of them but the harry potter ones especially towards the later movies like those are really high quality films um some great great directors Um, i didn't want to finish the last one I know it's fantastic. That's well, that's how I felt reading the book. Um, yeah, so I'm super, very, very excited for that. More info to come um, once that gets closer. Again, it's it's in like a pre-production sort of planning stage right now, um, but you can rest assured that's something we're definitely going to talk about in the future. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a quick break before we get into our featured movie of the week, chosen by Zach Schultz. Uh, Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back to talk about our featured movie of the week, again, chosen by Zach Schultz. Zach, um, well, if, if anyone was listening last time, they already know what the movie is. Uh, hopefully they've watched it. But Zach, uh, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about the 1987 John Patrick Shanley, Sharon Nicholas Cage classic film, Moonstruck. Yes. Woo-woo! Now, I'll, I'll you just do the synopsis. Um... Loretta Castorini, played by Cher, a bookkeeper from Brooklyn, New York, finds herself in a difficult situation when she falls for the brother of the man she has agreed to marry. Now, I love this movie. Uh, I've loved it since, I think, uh, when I first, I had, to, I had to watch it for school, and I really loved it. And um, love Cher, love Nicolas Cage. What did y'all think about it? Um, I... Uh, I will say I liked it. I was confused <laughs> when we went into this. I was like, why did Zach pick this movie? Um, because I know you, I know you like it. Um, I, when, back when we lived together, I remember you talking about it um, very fondly and you were like, Graham, you should watch this movie. And I was like, oh uh, yeah, 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 sure. I'll add it to my list. Um, and I put it probably at the bottom of my list. Whole point of the podcast. Whole point of the podcast. Exactly. But uh, yeah, when I first started up, I was like, why this old, you know, as far as from my perspective, old movie um, that I was just, I, I wasn't sure like what, I, I, I didn't know what I was getting into, um, but I thought it was, it was, fun. it was, I was pleasantly surprised, um, especially the first few minutes. I was like, what's going on here? Like I, what I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't know what the the story was. I didn't really even read anything. I just hit play, 
which is a way that I don't really watch movies much anymore. I feel like any movie I watch, I've seen a few trailers. I know a lot about it. I've read synopsis. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Um, yeah. Alonzo, what, what were you thinking about this? I was also surprised that Zach chose this film. I was not <laughs> expecting it at all. Um, and here's the thing. I'm down for a, a romantic comedy. Um, I, I was not very familiar with the movie. I, I knew of the movie. I knew it starred Cher uh, and Nicolas Cage. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to, happy to dive into it. Now, can I say a few reasons why I love this movie? Yes. <laughs> uh, one, it is super Italian. The whole thing is so Italian. You, you can smell garlic while you're watching it. I love that. It starts, I'm pretty sure, with That's Amore, which is great. Uh, and like a little bit more detail on the plot. Cher is a previously married woman. She's like in her late 30s. And she gets proposed to by her boyfriend, named, uh, played Danny Aiello, uh, who's named Johnny. And she says she had bad luck. They're very superstitious, both of them. And she said she had bad luck with his first marriage because he died. And uh, so they have to do everything traditionally. Everything has to be traditional. So he wants to make amends with his brother, but has to leave for Italy. And so she makes... To, okay, I'll go visit with your brother and make amends with visit this brother. And the brother is played... I think we are losing Zach a little bit. It's starting to cut out. Um, yeah, but I look, I'll be honest. I, uh, this movie took a while for me to get into, uh, for sure. It, I, and I'll, and I'll also say I, I watched it over multiple viewings. Uh, and that is not the way to watch this movie. It really is a movie that, once it's slow, it wants you to really invest the time with it to sort of get into its very Italian New York setting um, and get really familiar with the characters. Uh, and like I said, it took me a while to get into it once we were introduced to Nicolas Cage, who I've never seen him in anything so young. Definitely one of his earliest movies that I've ever seen. Um, once we meet him and start to build that relationship uh, with him and Cher, um, Cher's character anyways, that's, I think, where this movie for me really starts to pick up. Um, yeah, uh, Alonzo, what were you? Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I feel the same as you. It took a little bit for me to jump into it. I did not realize it was going to be uh, Italian, which was cool. I like that. Um, that sort of New York Italian. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that this is the film that really catapulted Cher into, as far as movie star status. But it's one, it's interesting. She's one of those people that I always think, why doesn't she make movies anymore? Uh, because I actually think she's a phenomenal actress. She's a great actress. Um, and I think she's great in this role. Um, but yeah, I, there were certain things that pulled me in, like the music. Uh, I actually, mm. I actually ended up downloading the soundtrack um, of the movie uh, because I, I recognized a lot of the songs. There was music from La Boheme, 
the opera, um, oh. which, which Rent is based on. And so I could oh. hear, I kept hearing some of those little tunes and I'm like, oh, that's what, that's how I recognize what it was because some of those little tunes are in Rent, the musical. Um, hmm. And it's so I thought that was really cool. Is that, so that is the opera that they see? That's the opera they see. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, in the movie. Okay. Uh, which is, which was a interesting plot point. I, I was surprised that he wanted to go to the opera uh, based on when we meet him. He, it did not seem like um, a characteristic or something that his character would enjoy. <laughs> I think that's the charm, right? It's like he's he's he is a sucker for the arts. Also, it's like super romantic and, and, and sappy. Yeah, yeah. I I guess that was just to show, yeah, the different side, like a tender side of him, because we so far only seen this very explosive, um, explosive sort of angry side. I guess. Um, yeah. I, uh, Alonzo, what were you going to say something about that? No, I was going to say it, it thinking about what the original title of the film was supposed to be, The Bride and the Wolf. Mm. You know, there's a lot of references to the moon and wolves and stuff. And so that's his character, like this wolf that now is going to the opera, which I thought was so um, interesting. Um, and you keep seeing these beautiful shots of the moon uh i thought was really nice um visually um loved olympia dukakis first of all i think she's a beautiful woman i I love her so much yeah i always thought she was a beautiful older woman and a beaut like a great actress and she's so good as rose uh the mom she plays uh the mom in the film um i thought she gave a great performance in the in the film and uh she and Cher both won Oscars for this movie. Um, and I love, so another very interesting thing about it is everyone who's like in a couple in this movie is either cheating on a person or getting cheated on. And uh, one of the only like very virtuous characters is Rose because she does eat with uh, John Mahoney's character and she has like a romantic sort of discussion with him but you know whenever it comes time to invite him inside she refuses but that's another person I love in this movie I love that John Mahoney is in it I feel like he's the uh if if for those who don't, the dad from Frasier um and he is so great they have amazing chemistry that uh why do men what does she say why do men cheat why do men leave but uh I think it was why do men chase women why do men chase women and Which, I love that also huge little shop of horrors fan when i first watched this movie and the guy that plays her dad plays oh, Mushnik. oh my gosh i knew i knew him from somewhere uh, yeah, yeah vincent gardenia yeah yeah that's interesting that, and, fr- uh, that phrasing she i i just thought about that now you are talking so much about the wolves and and that sort of imagery and how she she didn't say why do men um you know, want women or, or something. She used the word chase, kind of like a wolf. Yeah. It's interesting. And Alonzo, I like that you pointed out that the, the wolf and the thing, because when Nicolas Cage will talk about this movie, he says that he'll, he was inspired by a specific performance 
by of Beauty and the Beast, uh, this German performance from like the 1930s of Beauty and the Beast. And that's all that's Nicolas Cage's whole thing. He loves like weird German movies and he tries yeah. to like replicate that. That's why he's like so crazy and weird uh, in a lot of the stuff that he does. But like he's trying to replicate this specific guy. Uh, but yeah, he, he and he wanted to be wanted to be like um, a monster with a princess. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And I, I was reading that, you know, he was, he really didn't want to do the film at first because he wanted to make, like, you were just talking about those weird sci-fi kind of punk movies, um, which is very interesting. Uh, and I also think about, um, like I was talking about Olympia Dukakis, she was primarily a theater actress before this film. And this film really catapulted her to mainstream status. And then she was in Still Magnolias and other Oh yeah, Western movies, you know. Um, so um, the I, I didn't know, I didn't realize the importance of the film for for all of these careers. Uh, um, oh yeah, and the writer and I've already mentioned that he also wrote and he wrote Doubt, uh, the play that also got turned into a movie with Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman, which is a monstrously different story. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, if you're familiar with either one, you know, um, it's like a romantic comedy and then just a very heavy drama about a Catholic school. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love the New York setting. I love the grandfather character that doesn't speak English. <laughs> Old yeah. man. I, that, to me, um, I loved him too. And to me, the, the thing that I loved most about this movie is, um, Zach, how you're talking about the different couples um, the, the, the contrast and the sort of cutting back and forth between these couples and like the contrast and sort of what that said about relationships and commitment and love and, and, you know, all that once, once we got into the movie and she was hanging out with Ronnie, um, that to me was definitely the most intriguing, um, oh, yeah. aspect of the movie. Absolutely. And there's like a risk of them getting caught. And then when they do get. Uh, yeah, uh, Zach's cutting out again. They're also getting someone else. Oh, shoot. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. They were uh, once they get caught, they get caught by the father, you know, who is also cheating on his wife, um, which was all very interesting. Yeah, to me, something that struck me about this movie, I guess I just don't watch, um, or I haven't recently watched many movies um, made, you know, I guess since before like the 2000s, but there's just like a different pace about this movie um, that really wants you to, that it just, it takes its time. It really holds on shots a long time. It, it just We'll just sort of let the music play, setting the atmosphere um, in a way that I think a lot of movies nowadays don't really take the time to do. Um, yeah. Uh, Zach, you there? No, I think it's still cut out. Well, okay, that's all right. Uh, so, Alonzo, let's get to the question. Would you recommend this movie? Should people add it to their list? What do you think? I'll let you answer that question first. So I would say 
For most people, I would probably not uh, say, I don't think it's for most people. Um, like I, I always use my like parents sort of as a bellwether of like just an average Joe, like what would they watch with their limited time to watch a film? Um, and I think they, it, it really takes an investment. Um, it's a really slow moving movie that takes a lot of time to get building, to get to know the characters. Um, and for me, sometimes it just felt like it would move really slow, but then in other places it would jump really quickly with sort of character development and relationships. Like the whole thing with Ronnie and, and um, Ro, uh, what's her name? Not Cher's character. Like I, I just wasn't super invested in their relationship and why um, they were so into each other so quickly. Um, it, I don't know. It just, it kind of felt like a movie of a different, era even like focusing so much on her like dolling herself up for for ronnie which i don't know i guess that was just sort of saying like maybe she's finding excitement and relationships again um i'll say i'd probably give it a three out of five um it's it's good it's enjoyable maybe if i'd watched it on one sitting um i would have had a better time with it but i'd say for most people this one is probably one you would skip. Yeah, that's interesting. So I I, I agree with you uh, about probably a three out of five. I, I also struggled. Um, like you said, the pace is is a little slow. And I didn't real I didn't understand why she fell in love with him, why they fell in love either. It happened so fast. Um all in one, I mean, they were. They went. They they left out from the where he worked or whatever to his house, and then they had sex. Like it was quick, um, and so it, it, you know, in that comparison of Beauty and the Beast, it didn't have time to build. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, man, that story builds before you know they fall in love with each other, and so um, so I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I did think it was a beautiful film, though. Uh, I love the through line of um, uh, of the film as well with the relationships um, and, you know, how they navigated through uh, a cheating spouse and, you know, like Rose, the mom, like she knew, she knew he was cheating uh, on her without even asking or, or, or saying anything. And so, um, I, in, in, I was reading this article and it was just talking about the through line being um, that, that it's about things that are wrong getting made right in, in, in the film. And so everything sort of falling in its correct place um, that she had to meet uh, Johnny, the boyfriend, to, to be able to fall in love with Nicolas Cage's character. You know what I mean? Like, all of those things. And so um, I do think that was really, really interesting uh, about the film. It's very heartwarming. Um, I thought it was interesting seeing people fall in love with the people you weren't supposed to fall in love with. Um, uh, um, I, I think there was a certain, um, I almost think like 
because of the moon and the wolves and the wolves and, and you know the, that whole theme it's almost like this spell binding kind of thing like it's magic that like i feel like it's like dreamlike almost yes yeah, yeah. so I, mm -hmm. I, did, I did enjoy uh enjoy that so I, I would also give it a three out of five now yeah. my rating i would say a four and a half but <laughs> okay. i love the end scene i love that, that weird fight in the big around the dinner table and the you know that that conference you know i also have like it just feels warm to me i love the warmness of it mm -hmm. yeah there, there were a lot of really memorable moments that at times almost made me want to bump up my rating. I loved the sort of monologues uh, they had out outside of uh, Ronnie's apartment after they got drinks after the, the opera. There were a lot of great moments like that, that, you know, really made you think and reflect, but in between some of the comedy, I think um, wasn't quite landing for me. Um, and, and, and again, maybe, maybe had I watched it all in one sitting and really, uh, been in this world because I think the slow pace requires you um, to just invest, really invest in a way that I think movies nowadays don't. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. I guess it's a it's a it's a movie you can't really watch on your phone. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, I will say I've been hyping it up. Here, I will say a few things about it. I will. I was worried. I was. I was thinking. It's his, it's called a romantic comedy, but I don't think it's that funny of a movie. It's not very funny, uh, and it is slow in places. And it also feels a lot older than it is. Like just the way yeah, it looks yeah. and stuff. And it, it, that, it, I don't know why that it looks it's like a, it's made in like the seventies. But the editing is definitely think. more of a dramedy. It's a dramedy for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 So. That's definitely a little bit of a knock against it. And Nicolas Cage, I love him to death, but he can take you out sometimes. He, he can he can pull you out of it, especially that monologue where he's like, I lost my bride. I lost my hand. And it's, you know, way over the top. But, you know, that's that's the bread and butter of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And, and I also think I was just sort of missing maybe some of, like, the symbolism. Like, I was like, what? So she left you because you lost your hand and that's why you don't talk to your brother like it felt like there were a lot of things that i just had to like buy into to sort of get the bigger message of the film um, yeah i always have a hard time uh with those sort of things <laughs> i feel like i just get <laughs> caught about on those. passion and all that stuff yeah um yeah so uh any final thoughts on the film mm -hmm. no all right. Watch well, it. I think you check it out. It's, it's, it's at out. least worth checking out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to take one last break. And when we get back, we'll talk about what else we have been consuming as of late. We'll be right back. And we are back to our show, added to the list, uh, our final segment. Uh, I think probably, as we've been doing the show, my favorite segment, uh, what we have been consuming as of late. Yeah! Now, I 
Got a big one, fellas. I recently went and saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, shoot. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Yeah. I was wondering. Well, Zach, I know you said after, I think, this Guardians, you were renouncing uh, Marvel or at least done following it uh, in the way you had previously. Yeah. Yeah, and you see these reviews that say like best movies, best of uh, Marvel movies since Endgame, and I'm like, well, yeah. Well, hey, I I don't know if I'd fully agree with that because I loved um, the Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. Oh shoot! Oh which, my god! You know, I think yeah, I think a lot of that's, that's just you know that's a lot of marketing. And Shang Chi was actually really good for anyone who hadn't seen that oh but, i also like multiverse of madness what am i even talking about anymore yeah I, that's what that's what i was I, that's what i want to say but anyways guardians volume three i'd seen a lot of mixed sort of reviews some good ones some negative ones i thought it was fantastic i thought it was really really good def i'd say better than volume two um i'd say on par with volume one absolutely Volume one's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Like, I'd say it's in my top three. Yeah. Well, I, well, I to me, this movie absolutely matches uh, the quality of volume one. Uh, it's, it's really Rocket's story. Um, I will Which say that. It's very enticing to me. I yeah, love that. I, I, I will avoid spoilers for you and for the audience. Um, Alonzo, you haven't seen it, have you? I have not. Not yet. Yeah, it is uh it's in the in the spirit of the Guardians movies, it's less of a superhero movie, more of this sort of family space pirate saga, um, which I'm, I'm absolutely here for. It's a really rocket story. We get a lot into his background. Uh I will say for anyone who's sensitive to sort of animal cruelty, animal abuse, um, that sort of thing. This goes in some really dark, really heavy places, really disturbing and kind of gross places. Um, for anyone who's familiar with James Gunn and his other sort of work that really checks out, it's like I'm thinking of the the recent Suicide Squad that he did. Starfish. Um, some of the really gross stuff there. He yeah. absolutely, he pushes that. I don't know if it's PG-13, I'm assuming, but he... Yeah pushes that to marvel's edge a hundred percent that is my bread and butter man i love it i'm excited yeah and they and they do such a good job there's so much baggage with marvel movies as we all know like there's so many tv shows you need to see first um guardians there's already been two other movies they were heavily um, a part of Endgame and infinity war and they do such a good job here of you you do need to be familiar with those stories, I think, at a base level. But like, I saw this uh, movie again with my girlfriend, and she commented as we walked out how she wasn't like lost at all. She didn't feel like she was missing anything from maybe just having skimmed through the other movies. It really stands on its own as as a good story, while also pulling from those other movies. The whole um, story arc with Gamora, um, sort of has to do with those other movies but they explain it in a really fast way that sort of gets you in and moving um the pacing's awesome i i highly recommend this movie it's sort of in a way restoring my marvel face i also have had marvel fatigue 
um, with the recent movies and shows, I have just not been super impressed by, especially some of the later shows and movies, uh, recent movies. I can't even like Black Panther, um, uh, some of the ones before that. They've just sort of not been working for me too much. This one absolutely did. Um, they're setting the groundwork for Guardians moving forward, but also giving a nice end to some characters. Um, it, it's a hard one to talk about without giving much spoilers, but it's one of, it, it's, a, it's a return to form for Marvel. Um, and it's sad to see James Gunn leaving. And it's really interesting to think back on the fact that he was removed. This was the project that yeah, he was, this was it from way back in 20 gosh i don't even remember it was before infinity war it was like right when the second one had come out i think yeah they pulled him from this project which i think ultimately probably led the groundwork for him leaving and and now going to dc but you know through all of that tumultuous um you know media storm he got brought back onto this project um which all the cast was really bolstering to him Yeah. yeah And it is a blessing for Marvel because this movie, he did a phenomenal job. He really gets these characters and what makes them tick. Uh, the whole cast was phenomenal. Batista, again, is, of course. A, is a true standout. Um, and yeah, lays, lays the groundwork for what's coming next. I highly recommend it. Anyone who, of course, Marvel fans should see it. Anyone who uh, really liked the first two Guardians, um, it's just a great time. I uh, yeah, I would just say again, it can get pretty gross and pretty sad. So if you're someone who's um, has a real sensitivity as far as animals go, um, it's pretty gruesome. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, that's something. That's one of the things I've been watching recently. Um, there's um, others, but Zach, what what have you been watching? Uh, I had two things that I'll mention. Yeah. I watched a really old movie yesterday, and I loved it. Uh, it was a movie called Born Yesterday. And it came out in 1950. It is a romantic comedy film, and it's essentially like the first L. Woods archetype. So, like mm-hmm. this very attractive, like buxom blonde who's seen as dumb around the all with all the men around her, and it turns out she's a lot more capable. And it's about this uh, really rich guy that comes to Washington, basically to basically to like bribe congressmen so he can grow his business and be a you know not a great guy. And he has he's bringing this woman along with her. And he gets her a tutor so she can talk to all the people in Washington with him. But he's also really stupid. But this tutor, like, falls in love with her. She falls in love with him. And she's played by Judy Holliday. And Judy Holliday was a Broadway actress, and this was one of her first film things. And she won an Oscar for this movie. And I cannot get over Judy Holliday in this movie. She, uh, it, it feels like she is so beyond these other actors where, like, all of them are acting like they're on a stage where she's acting towards the camera. She's making like these really subtle choices and it feels, it feels a lot. uh, It's very interesting. It's like a super anti-fascist movie because it came out in 1950 and, uh, and the, you know, going off of world war two and it takes place in Washington, DC. It's this weird romantic backdrop of Washington, DC. And, I mean, I, I highly recommend it. I thought about adding it, to, putting it on the, having it be my next choice, but I'll do a not old one this <laughs> next time. Um, 
but yeah, it's called Born Yesterday, and I honestly recommend it. It's an easy watch. It's, you know, old movies have a certain feel to them where it's like, wow, I get why people like old movies. So I'm trying to get do more of that. And then also, I have been emotionally traumatized these last few weeks by Barry. Graham, have you watched any of Barry? No, I've seen some uh, some sort of things about it online. It's it, it's in its final season, is that right? It is, and this final season is going places. It all, The show always goes places that you don't expect it to, but this final season is absolutely insane. I mean, Bill Hader and it's a Bill Hader like trifecta because he writes, he directs, and he's the star of it. And it is just one of the most well done shows I've ever seen. The way they do like hallucinations with the character that's like losing touch with reality, and the way they do they deal with violence in the show because it's about hitman is so creative and interesting. I couldn't recommend that show enough to you know it, it is so good. Graham, I you gotta watch that show. It's so good. Add it to your list. <laughs> Yeah, well, any any HBO uh, prestige show like that al- already is is something that's on going to be on my radar. Um, I think it's just finding the time for me because that's that's been one that I know you've been talking about for a long time, and everything I see about it um, looks fascinating, and everything I hear about it is um, impressive. So definitely something. I, I want to check out for sure. And it's not a e- that's not easy. It's not an easy one. It'll hurt you, man. It it is it is uh yeah. Very emotional and very dark. It gets extremely extremely dark places. But yeah, yeah, it's two very different types of things I've been watching. And and you you said so it's in the final season right now. Is it done? Like is it? So no, we are in the middle of the final season. So it's it just sort of. You can really tell it has hit this arc, and it is. There's been a very distinct change that I won't say what it is, and it, it is. I'm, I have no idea where it's going to go. I'm nervous to watch the next episode. Now, speaking of which, Graham, I know this isn't movies, but a new thing has just come out that I have been playing all morning. That I don't know if we should mention. Should we mention it, Graham? Oh, I I would love to. Absolutely, please. I've also yes, been playing uh, it. What? I said I've also been playing it. I already know what you're yes, talking about. I, I had it pre-ordered for days. Yes. The Legend of Zelda Tears of a Kingdom. Oh, my God. I mean, I can already tell that I, at first whenever I heard about the game coming out, because, of course, the game came the, – the first one came out with the Switch, and everyone bought it and revered it and loved it. So, obviously, the sequel is going to happen. But my, I, kept, I kept thinking, like, how are they going to build on it without just making it the bigger map? And just to the little bit I've played, like the way you can manipulate the world more, the way that you can like craft different things, it is like a whole another element that is just added to this thing that is so so good. Yeah, I can I I can already tell this <laughs> uh, game is going to eat into my any other media time. It I was absolute absolutely adored Breath of the Wild. Uh, it was actually my first first and really only Zelda game um, that I've played. That's the only Zelda game I've ever played, yeah. Yeah, but it was an incredible, epic, uh, love open-world exploration type games. Uh, and yeah, this one's shaping up to be um, even better. I was watching a review of it uh, from IGN where they said this 
you know, that game was so epic in scale. And they said somehow this game makes it feel like it was just like, um, you know, but that game barely scratched the surface of, of what we're going to be getting now. Um, and all like already from the very beginning, you know, it's it's diverting expectations. Like I didn't know, like I was like, where's this Sheikah slate? Where's that? Yeah. And there's an I, I don't want to spoil anything at all, but there's an alternate to the Sheikah slate that is incredible. It is so cool. Uh, but, you know, that is I, I, I'm I'm over the moon just by the few minutes I've played it. Now, have I told you how many hours I've played Breath of the Wild? Uh, no, no, you have not. Upwards of 650 hours I have played of that oh game. Oh my gosh. Have you, have you found everything? Was it 100% complete? No. So uh, I, would, I would oftentimes just wander. So the beautiful thing about these games is like you could just wander around the world and just be wholly entertained for hours yeah. on end. You know, you can mine rocks and hunt monsters and all yeah. that fun A stuff. A beautiful, massive world where, where anything you see you can you can go to and and if you if there's a mountain you can climb it like it's yeah. it that yeah like you said that is one of the the great things about the game yeah yeah i i i'm i'm so, i'm not i'm only a few hours into it right now i just got some of those new abilities you're talking about um i will say visually visually it's it's beautiful but it's also limited by the switch's capabilities yeah i would say it's identical to the it's not building upon the visuals no. of breath of the wild in any way but uh except yeah. for i mean i love the way the shrines look you yeah know? The shrines are really cool um i i would have loved um although i wouldn't have loved to have bought a whole new console but a a hardware upgrade for me would have, would be something i'm really looking forward to because i've been playing a few um games on my ps5 recently that are mm. just beautiful incredible i finished god of war ragnarok which is just a visual feast and so coming to this where i'm like in this field and the shadows sort of look grainy um, and things still kind of look like they're made of triangles like just a little bit yeah absolutely and the the like the frame rate like even doing even doing sort of simple things like there's this not much of a spoiler there's this ability where you can like fuse things together i was building a raft out of tree trunks and yep. just just putting them together um this might be a little too technical i feel like for uh, a movie podcast but it's a medium <laughs> um that the frame rate which like the 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 rate at which the the picture is going i guess the best yeah. way to describe it was dropping um just from doing like these simple things and it's sort of early on in the game and i'm thinking Ugh, when we get to the places like like uh the sort of korok forest from the first game where there's a lot oh, yeah. happening all at once like is this is this like i don't even know how old the switch is six years like is this console going to be able to hold up to this massive world um but they so far it has these it's just been small things um yeah yeah and so you can I'm, tell there's going to be a lot of that like movement because you know most of the game is going to you it's kind of telling you it's going to take place in the sky in these islands and mm -hmm. uh and it's so you can already tell it's so much more vast because i haven't i don't think i've even gotten off the first main island that you get on it's like the garden of time i think it's called yeah i think it is the garden of time um and i yeah yeah and, and it's I, just so bad but like there's gonna be a lot of moving parts like clouds and in this the fog and the evil smoke and all that stuff yeah and i will say for 
that when I first played the first game, it actually, I played it for a, a little bit and I wasn't very interested at first and I put it down and I just wasn't prepared. I never played a game that gave you so much control. Like at first it was almost off-putting. Like I didn't know, like, like, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? And it, and it gives you objectives, but it's so open for you to decide. You can literally do it any way you want to do it. And that's yeah. already, you can see that clearly with this one, with the two abilities that I've gotten, they've even increased that. They've, they've upped that a little bit of where you can like manipulate your world even more. Yeah. And I think that is incredible. Like the adding of crafting things is such an interesting element. Yeah, exactly. And even the story, like the, the, the story from the first game, is very simple. It's just, there's, you know, you didn't really have to get very deep into it. You wake up, there's a princess in a castle. You go there, you beat the bad guy, done, done. But if you want, for those people who want more, you can dig in and you 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 find these backstories of of the people who have lived in this world for hundreds of years. The memories, yeah. Yeah, your character had lost his memories, and you regain those back slowly. But if you want, you don't have to do any of that. Like it's it has as much depth as you are willing to invest in. It's- so user friendly like it's so intuitive and and whenever i was reading the trailers about this new one and about some of the abilities that you could use about crafting and stuff i'm notorious in video games about not doing that like i don't like crafting i don't like having to sit at the work the workbench you know right yeah and yeah because in some games it can slow you down like it can really halt it yeah but yeah. I do, I do love it in this game. I like the the rotation. I'm a little hard on. It's hard to rotate things sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I truly. I mean, I'm. I already know it's going to be an epic journey. Yeah, yeah. N- Nintendo is so great at these making these sort of games that are pretty. They are so vast for the people who want a lot of depth, but they are so good at at intuitiveness at making things accessible for people palatable yeah yeah even you know back to the very first mario game like you know everyone knew exactly what to do because the way they place the character you're supposed to run right like everyone yeah. just they, yeah, i didn't know that their framing of of games and and the way they teach you things um is absolutely incredible i i, I guess he just left i don't know yeah, Alonzo, you still there? Alonzo? Oh, there he is. He, he went away from my screen. I don't know. Oh, there you are. You weren't on my screen. I thought you left the chat. Nope, I'm just listening to you guys talk. Oh. Do you have anything you want to talk about with uh, what, you, what you've been watching? Just finished. We should probably stop that. No, Sorry. yeah, we. I, I, I did a little clap and and came to a a, a completion on my thought. So okay, this okay. this is not this is not part of it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Are Are you well, ready though? I am ready. Okay. Yes. Okay. We can, Sorry. We can stop talking about. I was it. there the whole time. I was just listening. I was just letting y'all talk. <laughs> I was like, this is going on. We. For I a didn't while. know if we could say like Alonzo, but I didn't know if you were yeah. ready to. I think we were oh. just trying to vamp. We saw you yeah. walking oh, no, around. Just, sorry, I was just just waiting on you guys. Okay. All right. Well, we can go back and do it then. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. So that, um, yeah, Zach, I've been enjoying it, uh, Zelda 2. Um, 
and I can't wait to get farther in because I've only done a few hours and I can already tell it's going to be a blast. Um, but enough, enough of the video game talk. Alonzo, what have you been consuming? Unless it's a video game, in which case, let's keep going. Keep going to Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned video game. Uh, I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I am playing. I just purchased WWE <laughs> 2K23. I shouldn't um, have expected anything else. I was so excited. I was like, is he about to say, like, God of War? WWE 2K23, which is the best WWE game ever. It should be. Um, and all I do is play, they have, like, a G, uh, like a general manager mode where you get to be like the general manager and like make all the shows and all the storylines and like you do rivalries for a certain number of weeks and you make money and you you per you you draft the wrestlers that you want to your brand and all this it's really fun i enjoy that part of the game um so i like games like that um but yeah so i just i'm kind of late to the party with that particular game it came out um earlier in the year but you know the world's biggest rapper is on the game bad bunny uh because if you don't know bad bunny is a wrestler as well in the wwe did not he's know actually, that he's i'm phenomenal. surprised him being the world's biggest rapper i'm surprised i didn't know that <laughs> yeah he's he's phenomenal uh i mean he just started right since he's become like last year i think maybe two years ago um, so he pops in every now and then, but uh, he's great. I, I'm a big Bad Bunny fan. Uh, but anyway, um, I just finished season seven of Survivor. Yes. Um, which I think which, I talked about in episode one, maybe. I think I was still you, watching then. You did, yep. And so I just finished. I was shocked by the winner. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I knew who won. I did not. Yeah, which um, I feel like we can talk about. Uh, this is uh, season oh, seven yes. of a show that's yes. on season yeah. 44. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I thought Johnny Fairplay or Lil would win. Um, and it was actually Sandra. Um, and Sandra was kind I won't say she was a villain throughout the show. I don't think she was a villain, but she was um, an antagonist at times. Um, but I think it was because there were bigger antagonists <laughs> coming after her and the women. Uh, and she was very vocal about supporting the women. But I also think she was very vocal and was going to do whatever she could do to get to the end of the game. Um, and I think that is, you know, commendable. Um, she was very outspoken and, you know, said the things she felt like she needed to say. Uh, but I, w I was I was excited. Uh, uh, it was a great little end of the show, and um, I'm, I'm glad I jumped into the Survivor waters. Yeah, I and I hope you keep going. I'm going to be continuing. Um, I'm actually on another show, uh, another reality TV show that maybe we can talk about. But I, I absolutely loved to hate Johnny Fairplay. Uh, he, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a better tv uh reality tv villain than him uh and i think it's just because he fully embraced it and was just in a way that most other people seem to like forget or lose sight of like it's a game 
you know, like this is, this is sort of removed from, I think the ethics of our everyday lives. And so he was willing to do and say, you know, you know, not, you did not so far as violence or anything, because I wouldn't be allowed in the show anyways, but he could, he would do whatever it took to win the game Um, for anyone who's never seen it and will never watch it. uh, At one point he lies. And (laughs) so relatives come and visit them on the Island. He talked with this, his friend who came and visited him and told him to act like his grandma had died so that, in the middle of this challenge, he could tell everyone that he just learned his grandma died, who was alive, and he manipulated them all to win the challenge. They basically threw the challenge for him because they were so upset, uh, and so he got to hang out with his, not even relative, just friend, while the rest of them had to see their you know, moms or, or spouses or whatever leave the island, all because he lied about his grandma dying. Like, you know, that's in, in everyday life, that's just... I, I can't think of many things worse than that, but he, you know, it's a game. He's playing the game. And I, th- and I was honestly surprised by how um, okay with everyone, how, how okay with it everyone was at the finale. Uh, they seem to also just understand like, Hey, you know, it's a game. I, maybe I would have done the same thing, uh, but the audience was, they were pissed. Um, yeah. And I think, I think they, would have been pissed had they found out during the game but at this point they were already all eliminated so um you know but it it can it can get it can be tough because you know same with big brother you know people do these things um you know but at the end of the day hey like you have to commend their gameplay and what they do to get to the end of the game um and speaking of getting to the end of the game um, uh, you know, another show that um, has some of those characteristics is The Traitors. Mm. So, yeah. Graham? Yeah. You just started The Traitors UK. I did. I did just start it. I haven't. That's It's my first journey into The Traitors. Um, I started there because my girlfriend had watched seasons um, one of the us version and the australian version and dur- when she started both she was like hey you should watch this you really like survivor and big brother and stuff and i said eh, yeah okay maybe not um i just you know i thought i thought my reality tv plate had filled up and that i didn't need <laughs> anymore that i didn't have an appetite anymore and she'd finished those two and she was like okay i really think i'm about to start uk it's that good. I'm going to watch three seasons in a row and I think you should watch it. And I said, I, I broke down. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try episode one. And I think 10 minutes into that first twist um, where um, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen uh, this, the show uh, in the first episode, they just immediately kick two people off <laughs> just because, so they sort themselves. The the host asks, "Okay, why don't you all uh, get in a line of who do you think's uh, going to be from the most likely to win to the least likely to win?" And the two people who sorted themselves at the back strategically because they thought it would make themselves look like less of a threat. The host just looked at them and said, "Well, okay, I'll take your word for it. Get out of here." Um, so good. Incredible. That sounds like great television. I'll be honest. It well, it was. I mean, from that moment, I was like, sold, boom, done. Um, and what, what something that struck, struck me about this 
particular show and season uh, compared to other reality shows is how emotional these players are. I mean, mm-hmm. it is it is not just a game to them. It is, you would think it's life or death. Every episode, they are tears. Anytime they realize someone has lied, it's like they have been personally attacked and betrayed by a loved one. And I mean, dude, you're, we're talking about grown adults grown men and women like like men in their 20s and 30s that like probably think they're really cool and hot stuff you know like these guys are having meltdowns on this show when but i love that because um it shows you that it's real it shows you that these are just regular people who are not used to being on reality television and um, there's actually a couple podcasts that I've listened to since the show has ended. And they talk about that on the podcast that like we were legitimately feeling all of these things um, and we weren't used to cameras being in our face and uh, being under this pressure and not knowing who the traitors are. If you aren't familiar with the show, a few people are secretly chosen to be quote unquote the traitors and those traitors have to quote unquote murder people each night, which means they eliminate them without people knowing who the murderers are, who the traitors are. Um, and so you, your BFF could be the traitor, and you had no idea. There's a there's a couple who comes into the game. Oh my god! Um, and no one knew that they were a couple, but the minute they found out that the, these two were a couple. All hell broke loose um, in the game. And the girl, the the woman in the couple had a guy who really liked her. I mean, this guy would have, like, jumped off a bridge for her. Like, yeah. he was in it. You know what I mean? From the moment they met, he was the telling moment, the camera and those yep. confessionals, like, wow, Alex is so great. I love her. She's really, <laughs> she's really peachy, isn't she? And then, yeah, and then solid voice, Graham. Oh, thank you. That was thank a you. great impression. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> well, really good British accent. Uh, a funny related thing. Um, they they say "gutted" the phrase "gutted" a lot, which is, I guess, just like uh, uh-huh. uh, Englishism. You know, I don't uh-huh. know. Um, but uh, every, any evening, uh, me and Ashlyn have made it a drinking game. We take a drink anytime they say "gutted," which I is a lot. Gutted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, 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 like you're saying, um, yeah, you find out that they were a couple and yeah, everyone loses their mind. And w- something else, not just it's interesting how people react in this show, but it's also interesting what they decide to reveal. Like, I don't I don't understand why he revealed that, that they were in a relationship at all. Um, I just well, I think he was under pressure. I think he was going crazy a little bit. And just felt, and he he was a he was a he was a wildfire. Oh my um, gosh! You know because they same thing with some of the traders. Some of the traders gives themselves away by some of the things that they say in the show. Um, one of the traders from Australia, remember? I don't. Oh, you didn't watch the whole yeah. Australian version. But anyway, they give themselves away sometimes by saying weird stuff to people. Um, but. I cannot imagine that pressure cooker that you're in in that show. Um, it, it the stakes feel really, really high. So I, I highly recommend the traders. 
Um, there are currently three seasons. There's the UK, Australia, and America, or US. The US version has reality stars um, as well as regular folks. So it's good. I didn't enjoy it as much, but there's some Big Brother folks on there, some Survivor folk, some Bravo folk. Um, so I, I highly recommend that you check those shows out. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my, what you've been watching. That's what I've been watching. Yes, um, I... And I, I would just be remiss if I did not mention Succession. If you have not seen Succession, if you love great dramas, great acting, great writing, check out Succession on HBO Max. Right. Well, that, you know, like you said, another HBO show that's also on my list uh, might take a little pushing for me to get there. How many seasons are there? Four. Okay, that's not too much. Uh, okay, well, uh, I don't think I'll be doing much of anything besides playing Tears of the Kingdom nope. uh, for the next few years. But that's right. 650 hours at least. But uh, hey, that you know what? Let's go ahead and wrap that up. That's what we've been consuming uh, this week. Uh, next week is my choice for the movie of the week, the main topic of the week. And you know what? I'm just going to pick one right now. I got my phone up i'm using letterbox you all use letterbox the app no uh it's a great sort of movie tracking app you can make lots of lists off of it um you can add movies to your watch list rate movies uh, sort movies uh and there's a movie that i have heard about recently that looked really good a uh, bit of action bit of drama something that i think is definitely going to have a different pace to the movies we've been watching recently uh, and that movie is called The Town. Um, oh! 2010, uh, directed by and starring Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah. Um, uh, some of his other uh, movies that he's uh, directed, uh, well, Air is actually out right now, so that's sort of timely. Uh, the Michael Jordan sort of uh, story of his deal uh, getting his shoe partnership, I guess. Um, I really liked Argo. Um Never actually saw Gone Girl, but I read the book. Really liked that. Oh, so, Gone yeah. Girl was great. He directed Gone Girl? Uh, no, but he starred in it. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's going to be my movie, The Town, uh, starring and written by Ben Affleck, 2010. That's really good things. I believe it is streaming. Um, I saw it somewhere. Where is it streaming? I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. But hey, if you want to be in on our conversation, uh, go check out that film, The Town, uh, which we're going to talk about next week. Um, until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.